0: Welcome to r slash Entitled Parents, where a Karen harasses a child with a skin condition. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway. I live in an apartment building with a family next door. They've got cute kids, but I'm 24 and I am not looking to watch them. Several times now, the mother has knocked on my door with her kids and asked if they can come in while she runs errands. She's not a single mother, and she's never offered to pay me. Last time I decided to grow up pair and say, sorry, not tonight, I have a lot of work to do. This woman peeks her head into my doorway and says, come on, you're just hanging out, I won't be long. Then she said goodbye to her kids and was off before I could argue, at least pay me, Karen. I'm such a pushover that when I was at Target the other day, I bought a board game for the next time this happens. My lease is up in a few months, and this might be the reason that I don't renew. OP, you've got a hell of a lot more patience than I do, because if someone tried to pull that with me, I would immediately call the cops to report some abandoned children. Our next Reddit post is from Target Spots. Years ago, when The Dark Knight Rises had just been released, my boyfriend and I went to see the trilogy at the cinema. I'm a teacher, and in the row behind us were about six of my A-level students. We had a great afternoon, and we had watched Batman's Begins and The Dark Knight with no problems. My boyfriend had gone to get free refills of popcorn and coke, so I was just chilling playing a game on my phone waiting for the final film to begin. Enter Entitled Dad with his two kids in tow. He said to me, rudely and loudly, You're in my seat! This instantly pissed me off, because he could have said excuse me or been slightly polite. You know, like a normal human being. The great thing about this situation is I knew that I was in the right and he was in the wrong before I even opened my mouth. Without even glancing up from my phone, I said, No, I'm not. Yes, you are. This is my seat number. You're in our seats. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. This is my seat. I sigh and finally look up. No, I'm not. Can I see your ticket, please, sir? I find that being saccharine sweet to entitled dads really annoys them. The entitled dad shoved his ticket in my face with a self-satisfied grin of triumph on his face. I should mention at this point that my students behind me had stopped eating popcorn and were avidly watching to see how the scenario would play out. I look at his tickets. Ah, here's your problem, sir. Your seat is screen two. This, unfortunately, is screen one. The entitled dad snatched his tickets back and stormed off to the hysterical laughter of six teenagers as I shouted after him. No need to apologize, sir. Happy to help. We all make dumb mistakes. So anyways, I enjoyed that exchange, and I thought that you guys might like it too. The thing is, if he had just been polite in the first place, he wouldn't have humiliated himself or his poor kids. Our next Reddit post is from the trans man with a plan. The title of this post is, I wouldn't pay my fiancé's mother $5,000, so she ruined my life, and now I'm homeless. This story is extremely hard for me to tell, because I'm still feeling the effects of it. However, I feel like I need to, because this story features the most entitled parent that I've ever met in my entire life. This is the story of how my life has been ruined, because, like the title states, I refused to pay my fiancé's mother $5,000. It started out simple enough. In August of 2019, when my fiancé and I were dating, my parents wanted me to leave the house because they couldn't passionately hug as often as they wanted. They told me this in a very abrupt manner and expected me to leave fairly quickly, giving me no time to repair. My fiancé kindly asked his mother, who he was staying with, if I could live with him long enough for us to get an apartment together. He stressed to her that it would be difficult for us to get an apartment ourselves just starting out, and that while we could cover all the monetary expenses, we would still most likely need a cosigner. She promised both me and him that if we couldn't qualify for an apartment by ourselves, she would cosign for us. So, I moved from Illinois to Florida to be with my fiancé. Within a week of me being in the house, my fiancé's mother made our lives a living hell. Despite me landing a job within a week and having to work late nights for that job, she would come into the living room each morning at stupidly early hours to tell us we had to do something productive. Meanwhile, she would just go back to bed and sleep until 9 a.m. She would complain that we weren't cleaning the dishes that we had used to make a deal that we had just made and were still eating. She would gaslight and pick petty fights with my fiancé, then play the victim like a true narcissist. It got so bad that a few weeks in, we decided to rent a hotel room for the weekend just to get away from her and have some alone time. We had our new apartment picked out anyway. All we had to do when we got back was sign some paperwork and we'd be away from her, right? Wrong. After the weekend, my fiancé's mother drove us back to her house. On the drive back, she sprung something on me. She wanted us to pay her $5,000. For context, my fiancé was going to be receiving a $9,000 medical settlement a few months from that point. Before he met me, he told his mother that if he was still single, he would give her $5,000 towards a trailer they would both own and live in together. Since my spouse and I were dating, and were very serious at the time, this was extremely confusing that she would demand this. My fiancé tried to explain to her that he had only promised to give her this money if he was single. She was having none of that and attempted to gaslight him about it. When that didn't work, she turned to me and requested that I pay her $5,000. I only had about $5,000 in my bank account, so I couldn't do that and pay to rent an apartment at the same time. When she realized that she couldn't squeeze blood from a stone, my fiancé's mother finally declared, Well, I guess you don't have a cosigner then. With my fiancé being on social security due to injuries that left him disabled and me making minimum wage, her refusing to co-sign on our apartment essentially left us without any housing options. Florida requires applicants to make three times the price of rent in any given place, and the rent in our area is very high. Finding a roommate situation that accepts couples is nearly impossible. My fiancé's mother's behavior worsened. With nowhere to go, we jumped jump ship and moved to a local hotel, but after three months, we had completely drained our finances. We then couch surfed with some of my friend's acquaintances, but a lot of them weren't good people, and we were used and stolen from several times. We ended up sleeping in the deep freezer of an abandoned Hooters until the building was almost torn down on us by construction workers one day. After that, my fiancé's mother bought us a tent. How nice of her. And we ended up living in the woods while I tried to hold down my job. We've been homeless on and off for two years now. I've been assaulted twice because being homeless has put us in dangerous and unsafe conditions. I've witnessed someone almost shoot my spouse. My fiancé's mother didn't care. It even seemed like she enjoyed watching us suffer. Finally, in early 2020, when we were practically begging on our knees, my fiancé's mother co-signed for an apartment. It was a two-bedroom model that we couldn't afford, but she insisted it was that or nothing. Then, after everything was finalized, she told us that we couldn't have roommates. We had to try to keep ourselves afloat during the pandemic, something that ruined my finances more than they already were. When our lease ended in April, my fiancé's mom insisted that she fulfilled her promise, so she had no obligation to help us, even if that action consigned us to the streets again. We're homeless again now, and she continues to lie about us to the rest of the family, saying that we ruined the apartments and saying that's the reason that she won't co-sign for us again. I found out recently that refusing to co-sign and watching our finances dwindle was very much intentional on the mother's part. A while back, his mother went to a family get-together. According to a family member, she calmly said, Let's see how much money that F word has when I'm done with her. Our next Reddit post is from 3B4. This happened two and a half years ago. I was 15 at the time, and I'm now 18. I have a skin condition called vitiligo. Basically, white patches appear around your skin and sometimes interesting patterns. It's caused me horrible years full of bullying, severe mental issues, and, well, I've mostly gotten past it. Mostly. I first saw Karen while waiting to board a plane. However, I didn't interact with her until a refueling stop about five hours later. We were all just sitting on the plane and I was playing something on my tablet. Nearby was Karen, Karen's daughter, and Karen's son. Karen's son said, "'Look, Mom, what happened to her?' Karen said something about me being insolent for looking like that. The Karen said to me, "'Um, you seem to attract a lot of attention to how you look.' "'Please, ma'am, keep it down. I don't want you to wake up my siblings.' "'Sure, just don't exhibit yourself like this. You're scaring my children.' I was wearing a short-sleeved t-shirt and shorts. Yes, on a plane. I'm not going to tolerate 40 degrees Celsius heat in a hoodie and jeans, and I'm definitely not changing in the tiny lavatory. My mom, who was across the aisle, said, Is there a problem? If you're her mother, tell her to cover up. You are not to tell me how to raise my daughter. Now, please go back to your seat and leave us alone, or I'm calling the flight attendant. Karen stomped off with her kids. About five hours later, we reach our destination. After going through the passport, visa, and baggage stuff, we head to the bus, which will take us to our hotel. And guess who was on the same bus? Yes, Karen. However, luckily, she didn't cause any scenes. After about three hours on the road, we finally reached our hotel. And who left the bus as well? If you guess Karen and her family, you're correct. Great. I haven't seen much of Karen's family, except that my little siblings, who are four and six, have started to play with Karen's kids. Skip forward a few days. I went with my siblings to the beach. We were obviously in very shallow water. After a bit, Karen's daughter and son came as well, and the five of us began playing and goofing around. Karen's kids were about seven or eight years old, and they didn't seem bothered at all by how I looked. And then along came Karen. What are you doing with my kids? Uh, nothing, ma'am. We were just playing here. Is that wrong? Yes, it is wrong. Look at yourself. They will have nightmares of you, and you're contaminating the ocean. They don't seem bothered about me, and it's not contagious anyways. I do not care. People like you should not go on holidays. You should have stayed home. I sent my siblings to get my parents, who were at the bar. Please, ma'am, leave me alone. I'm not happy with it either. Please, just leave me alone. Then get the F out of here. How can you walk around in that bikini with how disgusting you look? At this point, I'm in tears please go away. I don't like how it looks either. I just want to be left alone and I won't bother you. No, not until I talk to your parents who brought this freak of nature here. In tears, I ran past my parents who were now headed to confront Karen. I stopped to grab a key to our room, ran to our room and broke down. My parents and Karen got into an argument which attracted quite a lot of attention. Karen's daughter and son were no longer allowed to play with my siblings. However, I didn't get any more flack from Karen, and her husband apologized profusely when he met me by the pool that evening before our flight home. Karen never told me anything on the way home. Neither did the rest of her family. Today, much more of my body is affected by vitiligo, yet I've never felt better about how I look. So, obviously there's going to be a lot of people out there who are mean to people with vitiligo, which sucks, of course. I feel like recently, in like the past two to three years, the cultural opinion around vitiligo has shifted so that now people really celebrate vitiligo and they see it as being very beautiful and unique. Like, am I imagining this? Five years ago, I didn't even know what vitiligo was. But like in the past two or three years, I keep seeing these instances of like models with vitiligo or actors and actresses with vitiligo, and I just see people talking about how pretty it looks and how unique it looks. So yeah, obviously bullying will always exist, but I feel like society has really advanced a lot in the past couple of years because now people just like vitiligo from what I've seen. Anyways, am I imagining things? Have other people noticed this too? Let me know down in the comments because I just see lots and lots of examples on like Reddit and TikTok and TV of vitiligo celebrated in like a really positive way. Our next Reddit post is from Kai's mama. Recently, we moved from Missouri to Ohio for my husband's job. We move during the summer, and we have kids at three different schools, but all three schools use my intersection kitty corner from our house. My younger two kids go to primary school here, which is kindergarten through second grade. Since my kids are so young, many parents walk their kids to the school, but some have recently started driving two blocks from their house to the bus stop. Well, there's one mom in this green Jeep that's made a habit to park on our grass in the afternoon to wait for her child. I didn't make a big deal about it the first few times, but after a week's rate of rain, her Jeep made huge, muddy tire tracks in our grass. I'm talking 4-inch deep, huge marks where the Jeep was nearly stuck. She had to back up to get out after 5 minutes of letting her tire spin. The following day, I walked up to her Jeep and knocked on our window. I kindly asked her to not park on our grass anymore, especially when the ground was so wet and pointed at the large tire marks. She gave me a really snotty look and rolled her window up. I don't like confrontation, so I was sort of relieved when the following day, a Friday, she parked somewhere else. Monday afternoon rolls around, and I looked out my window as she was pulling up to see her look at my front porch. When she saw that I wasn't there waiting for my kids, she peeled into my grass, into the same tire marks as before, and dug them another 2-3 to inches, with mud flying everywhere. I was beyond livid, but I knew this wasn't going to go anywhere if I tried talking to her again. So I made a beautiful professional looking sign and hung it up. The sign said, please do not park on our grass. Smile, you're on camera. So we don't actually have a camera that points that way, but she didn't know that. She stopped parking there for two whole weeks until the rain and snow destroyed our sign. Today was the first day she tried parking there again, and I'm so happy that she did. Right after she got her kid in the car, a police cruiser pulled up and cited her for parking too close to a stop sign. No, I didn't call them. It was all completely coincidental. OP, putting up a sign is definitely one way to handle it. If it were me, I probably would have sprinkled a few nails in the grass. That way, she would have to get a tow truck to come get her out. Our next Reddit post is from Darrow Gasserick. This is a story from when I worked at Subway. Today, a woman came in with her teenage daughter. I say hello and ask if I can help them. The daughter asks for the bathroom coat so she can wash her hands while the entitled mother stands in line looking at her phone. More people come in, and the entitled mother is still on her phone. This conversation is happening while people are lining up behind her. What's the sub of the day? Roast chicken? That's not what the sign says. It says either chicken teriyaki, ham, turkey, or. I cut her off. The sub of the day changes every day. Since today is Tuesday, it's roasted chicken. The daughter came back and stood next to her mother. Oh, well, that's really shady advertising. Whatever, I'll get two six-inches of that. Just keep the meat off of my daughter's side because she's vegetarian. I ask the daughter if she wants me to make her sandwich first so I don't touch meat and then her vegetables. She says, please, and then tells me what kind of bread she wants. I make it really quickly, and she asks about a garlic sauce we have. She ended up liking it and wanted it for her sandwich. I want that for my sandwich too, and chipotle and mayo. Okay, what kind of bread would you like? This is where the Entitled Mother turns into a grunt. I was just about to ask you what kind of bread you guys have, but apparently you can't keep your mouth shut. At our subway, we do have the right to refuse service, so I said, oh, I'm sorry. The Entitled Mother threw her hands up in the air. Stop wasting my time. What kind of breads do you have? I tell her what kind of breads we have, and she picks. I go put the garlic sauce on first. I changed my mind. I don't want garlic sauce anymore, just the other two. She gets this smug smirk on her face. Get another piece of bread. So I do. Then she asks about the chipotle steak. I tell her I'm sorry, but we don't have steak at the moment. Why is it on the board if you don't have it? This is just ridiculous. Don't go promising things to people if you don't have it. The teen grabbed her mom's arm because by now the line was to the door and everyone was looking at her. She told her to stop. No, I am not going to be lied to like this. The daughter cut her off and said, This is why I live with dad. Just take me home. The daughter walked outside. The entitled mother looked at me, then at the people behind her. She just asked for her sandwich to be wrapped up. She threw down 20 bucks and walked out with her two sandwiches, looking at the floor. It was a good tip at least. Update, she came in today alone with a huge smile on her face. She ordered the sub of the day and told the manager that I never gave her change last time, so this sandwich should be free. Lol, nope. I already told my manager about her, and she said that any change she leaves on the counter is considered a tip. My manager smiled and said, I've heard from my employee and a customer what happened yesterday. You are not getting a free sandwich. Yep, having worked at Subway as a teenager, I can confirm that people are like this all the time. The most common scam that people tried to run was they would order a sandwich, almost the entire sandwich, like 90% of a foot long, and then come back and complain that the meat had gone bad, so they wanted an entire refund. It's like, dude, if the meat was bad, then why'd you eat the entire sandwich? That was our slash Entitled Parents, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.